1033 The Goat. Yeah, that's the one. K277 DQ Lafayette, 1420 KPEL Lafayette. The rumors are true. People keep asking if I'm back, and I haven't really had an answer. But now, yeah, I'm thinking I'm back. Dave Schultz and Sports Chat are back. I'm back, baby! I'm back! One change, though. I'm sorry, that deal's now off the table. What? We live in a different world than we did just 30 seconds ago. Instead of waking you up, he's taking you home from work. Hey, Dad, you want to have a catch? Like that. Talking Cajuns, Tigers, Saints, all of it. I am your father. Buckle up, Acadiana. I feel the need, the need for speed. Ow! It's time for Sports Chat with Dave Schultz on 103.3 The Goat. Monday afternoon sports chat, 103.3 The Goat. We do have Tim Brando hopping on at the bottom of the hour. Five o'clock, we'll talk Alabama football. Nick Kelly from the Tuscaloosa News talking Tide. Let's talk Saints with our guy John Hendricks from uh, SI New Orleans. Uh, John, we got a little bit of news today in camp. We had some guys trying out, and uh, I figured Derek Carr would get a chance to play uh, in the first preseason game, let's start out with the uh, the visitors. How did it go for Kareem Hunt and Anthony Barr? Well, I haven't heard too much updates. I mean, obviously, they're, they're just doing workouts. They weren't on the field and such. But, look, you know, from everything I understand, Hunt's probably a guy that's going to want a little bit more than some type of veteran minimum deal to play this year and probably push for some kind of starting role. But with Anthony Barr, he's a guy that, again, um, I know a lot of people are worried and concerned about Demario Davis, but – Look, I can tell people that I've seen him at the facility and that he's working his way back into the mix. And so I don't think that's a precursor or indication there. But, you know, in for workouts, we'll see if things transpire there. But, you know, the bigger news is playing in the preseason. We're going to see Derek Carr. We're going to see some of these guys. I think that's going to be, you know, probably what we'll see from the starters, not saying that they won't play in the other games, but at least that's a tentative plan to, to let them play the first game. Uh, against the Chiefs, we'll see plenty of Jake Hayner, a lot of Jameis Winston, maybe some Taysom Hill. So, uh, look, another solid day, relatively quiet for a Monday, I guess, compared to the other day when everything else was happening. I'm just glad. What, uh, when they say they're going to play, how much are they playing? Because I figured they play one or two possessions and then maybe in game two, you know, kind of air it out through the, one of those, you know, half and then come back after the halftime and see if they can make the adjustments type of deal, kind of like what that third preseason game used to be. Yeah, to be determined as far as how much playing time they get. I don't think they're going to get a ton. I think probably maybe one or two series at most um, just to see how things go. And, and you know, you don't want to risk having your franchise quarterback get hurt in a situation uh, and such. I know that's, that's tough. And on the one hand, you're like, well, we need to see about this chemistry and all this other stuff. And, you know, I, I held my breath because Carr got hit low in one of his – plays the other day and I, I was like oh gosh please be okay because 
this is not what the Saints need. But look, I think you're going to see some of these guys playing. Um, you know, they're already down a few spots or some players because of mercy injuries and stuff. Same thing like Rashid Shaheed. But look, with Carr, I, I don't need to see it every day. I just want to see a little of it and a little glimpse. He comes in there runs one successful drive or two, I've seen enough. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I, I am as well. If this was if this was his team for the last four or five years, okay, I get it if you don't want to play him. But I just I can't be completely paranoid uh, about the preseason uh, and worried about them getting hurt. you got to play him a little bit. I, I understand there's overdoing it, but I think you got to play him uh, a little bit. Uh, talking to John uh, Hendricks, SI Now, does Kareem Hunt really think he's going to be the starter with Kamara on the team? No, I don't think it's a starter or anything like that. But really what you're looking at there is that I think there's some, you know, the running back concern. Running back is a is a concern right now. It's a big hot button around the league because of the market. But Hunt's a guy that he was playing really well with, with Nick Chubb and such. And he had, you know, a lot of starting qualities that he could have. So I think he's just going to want a little bit more than just a veteran minimum deal with the team that's going to have there. I think he wants maybe some security in a way. So he might have better suitors out there, better options, and maybe do a wait and see. But, look, never say never. We don't know exactly what's going to happen there yet. I've tried to to find out, but nothing yet. Uh, we're talking with John Hendricks, SI now. All right, so anybody who's looked good like the, in the second, I guess we're starting the second week of camp, who's looked good? Yeah, look, I mean, there's been a lot of people. I think Alante Taylor, to me, Chris Olave are probably the two of the biggest ones that stand out. I think Olave's looked pretty outstanding. Um, him, Marshawn Lattimore is probably one of the, the top guys as far as training camp goes. I think he might be one of the MVPs. I think Will Lutz looked really good the other day, uh, hitting all eight of his kicks. And so, I, I mean, there's a lot that can go around. And, and look, I, I know those are probably the guys you expect to hear. But for me, some of the guys that maybe you didn't expect to hear that I could tell you look good are Peyton Turner, Carl Granderson. You know, they need the edge solution opposite of Cam Jordan. And I've been really encouraged what I've seen from not only Turner, but also Granderson. And I think this is going to be a really interesting year for the Saints pass rush. So I think they can get it done. And Turner's playing with a lot of confidence. But just a few that stood out to me. Um, there's many, 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 many more. <laughs> mm. All right. And it, well, let's go the other way. Anybody not playing particularly well? Yeah. I mean, I've seen some struggles like Brian Edwards, veteran that they picked up, South Carolina guy, played with Carver for. Yeah, his fair share of struggles. Um, you know, just the drops, not being on the same, same play, the same, you know, communication. He's probably one that I've seen. Um, I, I don't know if some of the other guys. Just have been like Adrian Fry in the secondary. He's looked a little bit off. Um, Zach Bond, again, he's made some plays, but he's just not. I don't think he's been there as far as coverage goes. So it's just one of those that, look, you see it. Some of these guys get targeted more. Maybe they can put it together when it comes to the game because sometimes practice isn't always an indication of what the actual game, you know, game like is going to be because they can be great in practice but suck in the game. And so that's kind of what I'm interested to see when they suit up on Sunday is how things are going to go. Talking to John Hendricks, uh, SI now. All right, so what are you looking for in, you know, in the first game? Obviously, if it's a one possession, two possession, we'd like to see a touchdown. But, I mean, we don't know if they're going to go up against the ones or the twos defensively either. Yeah, look, I mean, again, I think the Chiefs might, you know, it remains to be seen. But, look. I really do think that 
just to see this first team be able to move the football. And, you know, I don't think it has to end in a touchdown, but if it does, then I think it's going to make a lot of people feel better. But points on the board, one or two possessions, see Mike Thomas catch some some balls would be nice. And just to see what it's going to look like with Jamal Williams or Kendra Miller, just some of the guys that we've been really excited to see. And so I think when it comes down to it, there's just some of these guys that you just want to see offensively, how it looks defensively. You know, they most mostly run a vanilla type of defense, not getting too creative. So can they stop the run? You know, are they improved in some of these aspects? And so I, I think those are the things that I look at most. And then obviously just being back in the dome, I think Jimmy Graham is going to draw a big crowd. <laughs> Right, right. He's uh, John Hendricks, SI now down in New Orleans talking Saints. All right, what about Smoke Monday? Did he play at all last year? Was he hurt? I forget. He was hurt. He tore his ACL. Oh. So he, he made a, a good pick yes, yesterday on Jake Hayner. Right. So I was really interested in seeing that. He almost made another pick today. He knew he should have had it. So, um, But, you know, look, he's a guy that I think has, has come along. He's another one that's learning. You know, a, a, the Saints safety group is very, very deep. And so I think there's a lot of uh, real fun things and aspects that are coming for this secondary that they can be a lot better and even better than they were last year. Smoke's very good, but he he can uh, he tends to lower that helmet, and uh, at least in college he get he gets kicked out of he gets kicked out of games. That doesn't happen in the NFL, although you can get a 15 yard penalty. Yeah, definitely happens. You just gotta play smart. I mean, I know they're trying to protect players, and player safety is a big deal. So. You got to learn how to tackle in this league, especially with the different changes in rules and such. And so there's just certain things you can and can't do. And especially with the quarterback group, it's just one of those things where if it looks bad enough, they're going to probably throw a flag on it. Talking to John Hendricks, SI now, uh, we're talking Saints. When, when these free agents come in, is there usually an immediate an agreement? Cause if they leave, they tend not to sign or is that how that goes? Are they, are the free agents shopping just like the teams are? Sometimes that's what happens. I mean, they work out a lot of players, and it's a revolving door. They're going to work out a lot more. Some are quicker to come together than others. Some, you know, they may play the waiting game. They may, you know, it depends on their agent and some of the things that they may feel. And a lot of times it's a negotiation game, like, hey, what do you think we can pay them? Or versus a, a guy where you're like, I don't know if I like the situation, this fit. I mean, there's just all the things that go into it. And so it's not uncommon to have guys of that caliber visit you. And typically sometimes there's no deal. You know, David Johnson was a perfect example. They had him in, you know, uh, and he didn't, he wanted more money in a way. And then he ended up coming to the team because he didn't really get too many offers. So those types of things happen. Sometimes it's minor disagreements in the funds and how the contracts are worked. Sometimes it's not. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how this works out. All right, what's coming up on uh, SI New Orleans? Yeah, if you just go over to Saints.media, I've got all my notes and observations, so you could probably spend a good part of the rest of the afternoon probably reading them over those 2,000 words. I try to capture every single detail. I'm going to enjoy the day off tomorrow, but all the videos, interviews, and all that good stuff are up on SI's website, si.com slash NFL slash Saints. He is John Hendricks. Always appreciate the time, my friend. Be good. All right. You too. Thanks, Dave. Okay. All right. Also, that game, by the way, is mm-hmm. that uh, we'll, we'll have the kickoff at noon on Sunday after the Bandit Show. Nice. Okay. Excited. Excited All for right, that. It'll be here on 103.3 The Goat. Yes, sir. 1420. Not the, not the dog. We'll have all of the preseason games right here.
on 103.3 uh, The Goat. All right. Perfecto. All right. Let's take a time out. I'm excited for Saints football so much. I think we got a shot this year as long as the injuries, because I wrote about this last week on 1033thegoat.com, as long as we don't get played by, plagued by the injury bug. Maybe it's a good thing all these injuries are happening now so they don't happen later in the season. That's the only bright... Like, well, I don't know how serious the injuries are. True, that, and that's right. what Dennis I mean, Allen said. You know, Benjamin is out. Oh, yeah, but I'm talking about like DeMario. Right. Um, it was DeMario, Brian Breezy. Uh, Traquan Smith and uh, she, she, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. All right, back after this. Dave Schultz, Lyndon Burton, one hundred three to go. Pardon us, what we butt in with a little common sense. One hundred three three, the goat, the greatest sports talk of all time. Louisiana's biggest pop culture event of the summer is back. Shreveport's Comic-Con GeekCon returns to downtown Shreveport this August. Live at the Shreveport Convention Center, August 18th through the 20th, you can meet legendary filmmaker Kevin Smith. Hey, Louisiana, it's me, Kevin Smith, and I am coming to GeekCon right in Shreveport, kids. Shreveport, Louisiana. I'll see you there. You can also meet Superman actor Brandon Routh from Doctor Who, John Barrowman, the voice of Darth Maul, Sam Witwer, Olympic gold medalist and WWE Hall of Famer, Kurt Angle, as well as stars from Steven Universe, Harry Potter, Disney, The Mandalorian, Marvel, and more. Tickets are on sale now at ShreveportGeeks.com. Don't miss the $2,500 cosplay contest this year at GeeksCon. That's right, over $2,000 on the line during the cosplay contest. Buy your tickets now at ShreveportGeeks.com. Ernie Johnson and Charles Barkley welcoming you back to Susan's Cubicle here in Accounts Payable. What an afternoon of non-stop bookkeeping action, Charles. Are you kidding me? She set herself a reminder to get out of that chair and move. That's a smart use of a timeout. She's somehow still reading her emails while getting her heart rate up and moving her muscles. Healthy habits that could lower your risk of cancer. Uh-oh, it's Karen from the IT department. This is a wrinkle no one saw coming. She means well, but she just derailed the yoga class down in accounts receivable. There she goes with one of her usual distractions. But Susan just tosses her a no-look way. That's a crazy move. Let's watch that again. She's stretching, and there's the effortless side wave. Susan's putting on a clinic. Susan from Accounts Payable. Dominating. Just get moving. It helps in the prevention of so many cancers. Stand up to cancer and Optum want to help you reduce your risk for cancer. Visit TakeAHealthyStand.org. The mission of Paralyzed Veterans of America is clear. Accessibility. Veterans who have served and sacrificed the best of themselves deserve access to the best our country has to offer. Access to meaningful employment. Access to the veterans' benefits they've earned. Accessible homes and vehicles. And access to every part of their communities. With PVA staff working inside VA hospitals, no other veterans organization has provided more real-time, ongoing support for paralyzed veterans and their families. PVA is proud to serve veterans across all branches, all generations, and all conflicts. Our nation's heroes fought for your independence. 
Join PVA in fighting for theirs at pva.org. Don't let someone get your goat. There's plenty to go around for everyone. 1033 The Goat, the greatest sports talk of all time. Lena Burton on a Monday afternoon sports chat. Bottom of the hour, Tim Brando from Fox Sports hopping on. Uh, we do have a little bit of news. This happened yesterday. Do you have uh, the Fredericksburg at the Fredericksburg Nationals highlights? Yeah, the Dylan Cruz. Uh, well, you're not supposed to tell them what it was. Well, I didn't know what the team was called. I'm trying to give them a, a, a little a, a, trying to little tease. Gotcha, gotcha, Go ahead, gotcha. play the Dylan Cruz home run now that you give it away. <laughs> on a three-two, Cruz. Swings and hammers the ball, center field, and that ball is out of here. All it took was one. Good for Dylan so, Cruz. Oh, by the way, Gavin Dugas then hit a home run as well. Oh, nice. All right, so uh, they are off to a good start. Dylan Cruz played one game in rookie ball, mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, he's got two games in A ball in Carolina. Would not be surprised he may finish up the year there. It's off to a little bit of a slow start. I think he's one for 10 at double A. Okay. But again, he hasn't played for a month. So we got to give the kid a little bit of a break, even though he went three for three in rookie ball. I was hoping we would get Dylan Cruz versus Paul Skeens in rookie ball, but we did not get it. Paul Skeens has not started to pitch yet. And what did you say about Carson Rockefort? Oh, Carson Rockefort. Hold on. Let me scroll up. Carson Rockefort, uh, the Kansas City Royals have added Carson Rockefort to the Columbia Fireflies roster. So they're, uh, okay. I'm guessing that's their minor league team. It is. Okay. Cool deal. So that's in the South Atlantic League. So that may be low A or may have changed. I don't okay. know. Okay. All right. Um, all right. Play the, this. Uh, we brought this up when the show started. It seems to be getting a lot of play now. You have the uh, Kevin Brown from the Orioles. Well, let's set yes, this up. Sir. Let me set this up. So Kevin Brown, I know Kevin Brown he used to be Syracuse Chiefs guy and probably went to Syracuse. He's a nice man. He probably did some Sunbelt games somewhere along the way. Uh, maybe even here or in Mobile with South Alabama. Uh, and he's he's part of the Orioles broadcast. He works with Ben McDonald. All right, He's the lead TV guy. And the way this works is, just to let people know, when you do a pregame open, the producers, the producer and the directors and the graphics guys usually get together and they dictate the open. Uh, okay. So then you show the talent, so to speak, what you're going to show statistically wise, and they come up with what they're going to say. So apparently the Orioles, who are having this outstanding season first in the American League East, have struggled over the last few years against the Tampa Rays. And Kevin Brown was apparently pointing that out. Go ahead and play the audio. Brandon Hyde has felt like this has been maybe the toughest ballpark to play in. But the Orioles have a chance to do something special today. They've already clinched at least a split in the series, winning two of the first three. And they could pick up a series win behind Tyler Wells today. 
It's been a minute. The Orioles split a two-gamer with the Rays in June. They had lost their last 15 series here at Tropicana Field. You have to go back to when our now colleague Brad Brock picked up the win in the series finale June 25th, 2017, the last time the Orioles won a series here at St. Pete. Already got three and two of the chop this year after winning three of 18 the previous three years combined. It is a stark difference, Ben, and it is not a bad Rays team. It's not like all of a sudden the no. Rays uh, became slouches in the American League East. They've led this division every day, but now two, and the Orioles once again are back alone in first place. Yeah. For the so that's the end of the clip, all mm -hmm. right? And he got suspended for that? Apparently he got suspended because one of the Angelo sons didn't like that he was pointing out all those losses to Tampa Bay over the last few years. He was just being honest. It's not even being honest. It's just probably regurgitating what's in the game notes. Mm. This is probably just facts. Jeez, poor guy. Right? He was like 3-18 and 18 over the last 21 or whatever it was. And then they've already won three ball games against the Rays in Tampa this year. That's so he's actually pointing out that they're doing well. This was uh, on awfulannouncing.com and... and Another thing happened um, when I was home in March. I went home before I came here. In fact, I interviewed for the job at home. Mm -hmm. I wanted to talk to one of the talk show hosts there just to see how it's set up. He's got he's got one camera in there and see how we could do that and get it on Twitch and everything like that. And I thought he'd big league me. Oh, okay. He said he was too busy and the producer gets too distracted. I, I wasn't happy. He got fired because he technically criticized Jim Beheim. Mm. And Beheim out the door after he got fired, and he owns part of the radio station apparently. He's an investor in the radio station. The guy who runs the radio station fired Brent Axe. And this made national news. And so now you have the owners of the Orioles are not particularly happy when he was not giving an opinion. He was just telling you what their record was, and now it's much better. And they're in first place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's messed up. Poor guy. I mean, I mean, I mean, Kevin Brown should quit. Yeah. But he's probably not gonna. No, right? He yeah. hasn't done TV. This is uh, awfulannouncing.com. Orioles lead TV broadcaster since 2022 for Kevin Brown. has worked for the team in a variety of broadcast, uh, broadcast uh, capacities since 2019. Uh, this uh, it all came about from a Reddit post a week ago wondering what's up and then uh, two tweets Monday saying Brown has been suspended indefinitely for Matt Jurgensen who has run Baltimore sports websites and podcasts Jurgensen says I have a reliable source that says Brown is currently suspended over a comedy made during the Rays series the Orioles have won more games against them this season than the last two combined Angelos didn't like it and took action That's unbelievable. Yeah, that's messed up. Poor guy. Poor, poor guy. Now, I've learned, not the hard way, right? I When I was doing Somerset Patriots baseball and learning the ways of independent baseball versus affiliated baseball, where affiliated, they're developing you. In independent ball, they're just trying to win, right? There is, you know, you get hurt, you're done. Move on. Sorry. Take care. And so I would criticize sparky lyle but i'm not going to win that battle ever mm -hmm. sparky's a local legend cy young award winner great guy 
knows more about baseball than I do, allegedly. So instead of criticizing, in fact, my boss, <laughs> he's like, you didn't second guess, you first guessed. Because <laughs> Spark, it was unbelievable. Jose and Ozzy Canseco were, uh, both the twins were playing in Newark. And they were, they were, he, I remember the guy's name. He walked a 247 hitter chip glass to get to like Ozzy Canseco. And I was like, well, this guy's going to hit a home run, mm-hmm. which he apparently did. So my boss goes, no, you can't criticize Sparky, but I mean, you, you didn't second guess, you first guess. You said what was going to happen and mm-hmm. it did, but you still can't criticize him because he's Sparky Lyle. Mm. So then you do it generally speaking, right? The Patriots, this, Somerset did this. Right, it wasn't. It was never Sparky. Here, he's not even being specific. Just the Orioles as a team, and it's insane that something like this goes on. But this is where we are in today in today's media. Like no one's going to tell Angelos otherwise. They own the team. They can do what they want. They own Masson. They can do what they want. And I don't think Kevin Brown has any recourse. Uh, you know, some of these guys, right? The Angels owner isn't sending the team the radio guys on the road they're doing everything from the studio Jeez, half the job is getting to know these players you know away from the field yeah so you, so can, you can have lunch with them and have dinner with them and maybe play golf with them and so you can understand the players more than just their batting average because isn't baseball color commentary about stories yes yeah that's you, what you it gotta is. have those experiences if not it won't work I, I if i if i'm just calling the games and i don't know you it's much. It's too difficult to do the job. Plus, that's ha- half the fun of the job is going on the road, seeing the other ballparks, meeting the other broadcasters, seeing the other cities. That's half the gig. So, but that's. I mean, that's what's happening. You know, people are getting fired for being honest. Mm-hmm. Not not even not even harshly critical, mm-hmm. right? Because I would bet you, my dad who passed. You know, he would always get on Brent Axe. He won't. He won't. Won't say anything bad about the coaches. He won't say anything bad. He, my dad listened all the time on the way home from work. He won't say anything bad about Syracuse. So I didn't realize that Brett was actually criticizing Beheim. Well, who apparently deserved criticism when you're not making the NCAA tournament. It's one mm-hmm. thing not to win a championship. It's another thing not to make the NCAA tournament. That's a problem yeah, when you're in Syracuse. 100%. Right? And, so, and now you got a guy who was suspended because he just said what the Orioles' record was against the Rays in the past and then this year. That's crazy for just yeah. saying stats. And but. and it's not even, I would blame, I would not even say it's his fault. It was the producer, the director, and the graphics guys who yeah. get together. They're the ones who dictate what he says because they're the ones, here's our, this is what we're putting, this is the graphic we're going to use. You come up and say what you need to say. That's insane. Poor guy, man. Yeah, I'm with you, you should quit. Because yeah. it sounds like they don't respect him. That's right. That's the thing. You mm-hmm. want somebody else, and he wasn't even bad-mouthing him, mm-hmm. right? You could understand it maybe. It you know, like a, he just wants a puppet. A misunderstanding. Yeah. And you're suspended for like a week or two, but he's, he hasn't done it. He hasn't been on TV since July 23rd. See, that's insane. And then, so this guy that's got... That's like two full weeks. This guy got instantly suspended for two weeks, but the guy who said a racial slur took forever for us to get the... The suspension. Oh, God. Like, right. Well, he got fired. Yeah, well, he did. He did. He, did. he got fired. He did. He did. But, he it, got it, fired. but you get what I'm saying. It took him a while for him to get fired. Right. Whereas right. Right. this guy well, instantly got Yeah, suspended. we didn't know this guy. This guy, we didn't know this guy had gotten suspended. So, mm-hmm. They yep, just took up, him up off. That's crazy. Yep. Yep. They quietly did it. And, and 
he has not said anything to anybody. So, All right, let's take a timeout. We will go up to Shreveport. We'll talk to Tim Brando. Oh, that's where he's located? Yeah. Okay. Didn't know okay. That. Is that Chateau Brando? Oh, okay. Is that, uh, that's what his place is called? Chateau that's Brando? That's what he calls it, I think. Oh, yeah. nice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, of course, from Fox Sports, we'll get his take on college football landscape. You know, you know who else's hands are not dirty and are also dirty in this? ESPN and Fox Sports. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. I saw someone said that the the original blame for all of this, Texas Longhorns. Uh, oh, Network. no, 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 no. <laughs> Way before that. Gotcha. Back after this, Dave Schultz, Lyndon Burton, 103.3 to go. Night. If it wasn't for goats, we wouldn't have coffee. Look it up. I'm going to get some coffee. You want some coffee? No, thank you. I'm fine. And the best sports talk in Acadiana. 103.3 The Goat. Hello, Acadiana. It's the AV Man here with Audio Video Innovators. What's the biggest investment people seem to have in their lives today? The most common answer is their family, home, and business. With so much invested, keeping them safe and secure is a top priority. Here at AVI, we have the reputation for offering the highest quality equipment and installation while backing it up with the best prices and our personalized customer service to ensure your system actually works. At AVI, we protect you from RMRs. That's a company's reoccurring monthly revenues that always seem to secretly creep up year after year. At AVI, you pay no monthly fees except to the internet provider you already are paying. So come in today and see why an ultra-high-definition surveillance system from AVI can bring you peace of mind. Let our team set up a free site survey for your home or business. Come shop local with us today. That's AVI, off Ambassador, between Sam's and Walmart. Martini's 2023 Lafayette's Absolute Best Martini Competition and Teeny Tour to Benefit Healing House, Hope for Grieving Children is in full swing. This year, enjoy signature martinis at eight local restaurants through August 15th. Enjoy a different restaurant's martini for $2 with the purchase of any entree of their featured Teeny Tuesday. Participating restaurants include Bonton Grill, Bonefish Grill, Bezos, Mercy Kitchen, Chops Mid-City Smokehouse, Tsunami, Vesto, and Walk-Ons. Purchase martinis a la Maison package and receive two hand-painted martini glasses, a signed print by this year's glass artist, Candace Greer, and access to exciting online silent auction items. Visit healing-house.org for more information. Join us this Tuesday at Mercy Kitchen to try their absolute Judy Dreams martini. Martini's 2023, presented by Town Square Media, Moss Motors, Bourbon Royalty Candle Company, Advanced Piping, Linear Controls, Leading Home Care, and DeLome Funeral Home. Every piece of land has a story. Some right there is behind the wheel of a John Deere 1 Series tractor, like the Upshaws. This is my tractor penny. It's all about attention to detail. But the Nelsons love cruising around their expansive Montana ranch in their John Deere Gator UV. We've been here since 1868. While the Caggianos drive a John Deere zero-turn mower to keep their Long Island brewery looking sharp. Don't call me. Don't bother me. I'm going out to mow for a couple hours. Run with us and start telling your story. Learn more at johndeere.com slash radio. Wireless headphones. That'll be $200. I'll use my Capital One Quicksilver card. Now that's a hit. You used the Capital One Quicksilver card, which makes you the hero of every purchase. With Quicksilver, you earn unlimited 1.5% cash back on every purchase everywhere. I wanted running music, but unlimited 1.5% cash back is pretty heroic. Good instincts. Every hero needs a theme song. 
the Capital One Quicksilver card. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details. Thirsty for intelligent sports talk? Sounds like you need a little go-to-ray. <sighs> 1033 The Go. <laughs> the greatest sports talk of all time. Dave Schultz, Linda Burton, 103.3 The Goat, coming up at 5 o'clock. Nick Kelly from the Tuscaloosa News. We'll talk about that quarterback battle happening uh, with the Crimson Tide. But first, let's talk some college football. Uh, you know him from ESPN. He's with Fox Sports now. He is Tim Brando. Tim, how is uh, Chateau Brando doing today? It's good. It's really good. Um, I'm uh, warming up, getting a... An extra round of uh, golf in in the morning. Have to play early because it's so hot. I guess but, so. And and then I'm headed over to Memphis to play in the uh, uh, Celeb Am and and uh, Pro Am festivities they have before the playoffs begin at the FedEx St. Jude. So a big week for me. I'm glad you were able to get to me today because I'm uh, I'm going to be off the grid at least for the rest of this week. And um, and when I return home, gosh, you'll only be. Two weeks away from the start of the season, Spencer and I open up week zero uh, in San Diego at their new stadium. Looking forward to getting out there to open with uh, Ohio U at San Diego State on FS1. Oh, very nice. Very nice. All right. So your thoughts. This all came and we could all see it coming uh, last week. Anyways, it kind of came crashing down on Friday afternoon after the show. Uh, Arizona, Arizona State, Utah all go into the uh, Big 12. Oregon and Washington go into the Big 10. What is your overall thoughts on, on what's going on in the college football landscape? Well, first and foremost, Dave, one of the things that you know, we did see it, uh, those of us that care about college football, we, we all saw it. And I talked about it ad nauseum for really the last year. And yet, uh, if you were to um, open up your telephone and start reading the different um, websites and sports where so many writers, got many many guys I really respect, uh, are acting shocked, stunned, and surprised and appalled, <laughs> I'm like, my God, really? Uh, suddenly, college football is 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 dead and buried. It will never be the same. Uh, it's the uh, the end of the world as we know it. I mean, get over yourself. College football is is finally catching up. We're getting into the 21st century. Um, it has been um, uh, uh, an undervalued asset uh, for a long, long time, and only recently has college football been able to reap the financial benefits it so richly deserved from television. And, and truthfully, because television is to some extent driving the bus here, there are a lot of writers around the country that are pissed off. Well, I don't really care that they're pissed off, right? And I don't think that the I don't think that the fans particularly care that they're pissed off, because a lot of writers are going to be pissed no matter what. And uh, and and these are good writers, guys I've known for a, a long, long time. I mean, if you didn't see how poorly the Pac-12 had managed itself, uh, really since COVID. You know, since the COVID year when they barely played five games, 
Because of what? Because they decided that they were going to lock everybody down in a way that no other league was going to lock everybody down. You know, they 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 were setting, a, I think, a very negative template from that point forward. And uh, even George Klyabkov, who I thought inherited a really dire situation, Larry Scott had really run the league into the ground with a poor financial plan, with no television really to speak of nationally, his his Pac-12 network, which had a lot of able-minded and, and, and really outstanding production people were, were putting out a really good product that no one could see. Not even people in the Pac-12 could see it. They had no distribution plan, no direct TV, and they had no help coming from any network. I mean, the SEC is where it is with the SEC network because of what? ESPN. The Big Ten Network is where it is because of what? Fox. You got television people doing television. And and he decided that he was going to strike out on his own and um, and lost money. I mean, he lost money hand over fist and put his league in peril. And Klyavkov uh, came in and, and, and tried, I think, to rally the troops as best he could. But even he got whipped by Brett Yormark, the new commissioner of the Big 12, who just jump-started that conference uh, after they lose two of the b- biggest brands in college football in, in Oklahoma and Texas. Uh, they didn't cry about it, didn't whine. They went out and got the three best teams out of the American, plus BYU, and and formulated a really good plan for television. And they they got the most they could get out of both Fox and ESPN for two linear television deals. And the marketplace... Uh, in the landscape, from an economic standpoint, in our in, in our business, had been milked. It had been milked to capacity, and the the Pac-12 was asleep at the wheel, and all they could come up with was a uh, an incentive-based Apple digital-centric deal. And presidents and athletic directors of those of those schools that are accustomed to being on Tiffany networks with their alumni base going into you know, these huge stadiums waiting to watch replays on either Fox, ESPN, CBS, or NBC. They you know, were like, Apple? What? What, what do you mean? Um, that wasn't going to be enough. So, you know, to my way of thinking, it was poor management on the Pac-12's part. Apathy going back in time, as I mentioned, at least to the COVID era forward. Uh, and ultimately, those 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 presidents and athletic directors from the schools that left were on the phones either calling brett yormark or tony Petiti, the commissioner of the big 10 in a panic looking for a landing spot and that's all they did was provide a landing spot this, this wasn't about other leagues poaching other leagues this had nothing to do with that back 12 would still be together if they had been managed properly end of story yeah, I, even I saw this because we've been waiting. Everybody's been saying we've been waiting for this Pac-12 meteorites deal for, you know, a few weeks or a few months. I mean, it kind of was like infrastructure week there, Tim, where, you know, the, the commissioner yeah. of the Pac-12 was going to tell us and is like, we're going to hear something in the next 48 hours. And we never did. I found a tweet that said, will the Pac-12, you know, uh, exist following their media rights? And that was from last August. I didn't realize how right I was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean. Uh, just and we we live in a capitalist society, right? Okay? And I tell fans of college football all the time, whether they like it or not, 
it's a business. And, 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 and by the way, uh, with all due respect given to the administrators of the higher, higher institutions of learning that we have in this country, you know, universities are put in, in positions to do what first? Not educate, make money, okay? Yeah, you can educate all you want, but you're not going to be able to do it without what? Revenue. And uh, this is an example of that. Um, when you have the opportunity to, to get more cash, uh, everyone's going to take advantage of that as best they can. And those schools in the Pac-12 were just, they were almost loyal to a fault. You know, they had nine of them waiting. And they had waited and waited and waited. And finally, they were waiting to see exactly what, what the deal would be. And <laughs> I don't know. They, they could still be waiting if it weren't for the fact that the Apple deal had a timeline on it. You know, they had to, they had to accept it by Friday or Apple was going to bring back the deal. But uh, the commissioner of the conference and, and uh, the people that were governing the conference kept telling us that there would be another hook, that there would be another linear television network that would be involved. Um, apparently, the, even the CW wasn't interested. Okay, so <laughs> I guess that should tell you all you need to know about what the value of the Pac-12 had come down to. Um, and it's really unfortunate, but I will say this. I think that the four schools that are remaining, uh, Stanford and Cal, I mean, high, highly thought of institutions with, with both of them with great uh, college football tradition and history. Some of it, especially from Stanford, relatively recent history. Those two, along with Washington State and Oregon State, they'll, fa they'll find a landing spot. They will. Um, and they'll be okay because whether it's the American Conference that gets them, they've got a linear deal with ESPN Disney. Or the Mountain West, which they have a linear deal with Fox, uh, those two conferences stand to make more money once they get uh, two of or three or four of those leftover teams in the Pac-12. So it'll be fine. And remember, we go to the expanded playoff uh, beginning in 25 in the last year of the college football playoff deal. Uh, and then in 26, we start a new television contract for the college football playoff. And I will, I will tell you, I think it'll be both Fox and ESPN that are in charge of, of that deal, which means there'll be a lot more money involved. Obviously, there'll be more inventory. Uh, I think they'll probably move it from 12 teams in 2025 to 16 mm. in 26 when the new TV deal comes up, solely because they'll see how much money they're losing by not allowing the top four teams to play the opening week. You know, the buy thing, I think, well, it, it may look good on paper, but once they see it this year, uh, uh, next year, I should say, in 2025, that season, when they see that, they're going to go, oh, man, we need, we, we need to have, imagine how much more money and how many more viewers we'd have if teams one through four were playing home games against teams 13, 14, 15, and 16. Let's wrap it up here with Tim Brando. All right, so let's look ahead because – some, you know, may I, I don't know if it's going to be some leader or some quarterback. Someone's going to see these TV deals and they're going to say, how much are you guys getting? Maybe we need some of the revenue. It's not the way it's set up now, but I don't think it's going to take too much of a stretch before these players are getting paid. Well, I, in talking with the commissioners, uh, Tony Petiti, the commissioner of the Big Ten, who I think is a marvelous leader, 
and has done a, a remarkable job of putting this thing together to, to bring in Oregon and Washington. Now, I think he knew that the potential for that happening was going to be there and that the presidents of the Big Ten were looking at the situation with USC and, and UCLA and saying, you know what, even though they may not help us from a television audience standpoint, uh, by adding these two programs, proud programs, with great history and great currency. Both both Washington and Oregon are great teams coming into the Big Ten this year, um, or next year, I should say. Once they get there in the uh, in the 24-25 season, you'll see how much impact they have. But w- what you're going to see happen, I think, that, that is going to be very important and uh, something to really keep an eye on is how much money they save from a travel standpoint by having additional teams out west so that the non-revenue producing sports that are impacted perhaps negatively by only having two teams out West with four, they can do some things to make it much more comfortable financially and in terms of overall travel for those sports that play multiple games during the week, whether it's soccer, uh, volleyball, um, and the like, I think it's going to help them dramatically by doing that. Uh, and, and I think that the other thing to keep an eye on is, is what happens, as I mentioned, with the American uh, Conference and with uh, the Mountain West, because I think those two are going to enhance uh, their appeal. And frankly, because we're going to 12, uh, some of those schools may say, gosh, we've got an easier route to making the college football playoff because the Pac-12 blew up. Yeah, also uh, – the, the... I mean, they're already talking about former Cajuns uh, head coach Billy Napier being on the hot seat in Gainesville, and that's still only yeah. a four-team four playoff. Wait till we get to a 12 or, like you said, 16-team playoff, uh, and you miss the playoffs a couple of years in a row. That's going to be <laughs> – some coaches yeah, are probably going to yeah. be in for a rude awakening at that point. Yeah, you're right. You know, And I wish Billy well. I, I think uh, he is beginning to turn a corner there. But you, you know how Florida fans are. I mean, they – they are. I think there was a reason why Billy waited as long as he did and didn't really want to leave uh, Cajun country, and for good reason. The investment that the school had made. Uh, and, and while we're talking about other leagues, look, uh, the American may grow, the Mountain West may grow, but right now, I think on the field, the Sun Belt is the best of the so-called Group of Five conferences. Top to bottom, it's got more depth, uh, and maybe even at the top has some teams to really to really keep an eye on moving forward and talk about great success in recent years, whether it's the Cajuns or we're talking coastal Carolina or app state. I mean, we're talking outstanding football. I appreciate it. Tim Brando, Fox sports. He's got uh, Ohio and San Diego uh, opening weekend with his uh, longtime partner, Spencer Tillman. Uh, watch out for, if you want to talk some about watch out for that coastal Carolina UCLA game, South Alabama should have yeah. upset the Bruins last year. That probably is happening yeah, at the same time uh, you're out there. I appreciate it, Tim. Hopefully we'll catch up again. Uh, shoot well this weekend yeah. in Memphis and enjoy the barbecue. Thank you, Dave. I appreciate it. Bye-bye. All right. Tim Brando from Fox Sports. Yeah, these guys Very are going to get paid. Very interesting conversation. These guys are going to get paid. Yep. Yeah, and yeah. for those people who called in the interview, you can call um, uh, after the break. Okay. Oh, did we get some phone calls? Yeah, we did. Oh, all right. Yeah, wow. Yeah. All right. 269-1077. All right. Back after this, Dave Schultz, Lyndon Burton. Top of the hour, Nick Kelly. I always seem to forget that. Nick Kelly coming on, talking uh, Alabama football. See where they are with their quarterback battle. See how the carrot cake is cooking in the oven. 
goodness gracious. <laughs> Back after this, Dave Schultz. Lena Burton, 103.3 The Go. Need guidance in a legal matter? Turn to the ESPN 1420 legal authority, Glenn Armentor. What to do in case of personal injury is a list of do's and don'ts on our website related to accidents on the road and on the job. Free legal guidance from the Glenn Armentor Law Corporation. It's easy. Go to ESPN1420.com and click on the legal authority. One of the biggest reasons people don't call an attorney when they've been injured through no fault of their own is the stigma. What will people think? Lawsuits are for people trying to make a fast buck, right? Wrong. Lawsuits are for medical bills, lost wages, and to cover real damages. Remember, there's nothing wrong with calling a lawyer. In fact, it's your right. This message has been brought to you by the ESPN 1420 Legal Authority, Glenn Armentor. For free help with your legal matter, go to ESPN1420.com and click on the Legal Authority. Announcer is a non-attorney paid spokesperson. These Acadiana businesses proudly support the broadcast of UL Raging Cajun Athletics on 1033 and 1420 The GOAT. News Talk 96.5 KPL, Classic Rock 1051 and Hot 1079. Our small Red and Marilla. M&D Industries. Jeremy Flooring. Fisher Early Childhood Development Center. And the Rustic Renegade. Support these businesses that support the Raging Cajuns game broadcast of football, men's and women's basketball, baseball, and softball. Bring all the action into your home, car, smart speaker, on your phone, or wherever you work all year long. And if you'd like to learn more about becoming a UL booster, it's easy to join the winning team. Support the broadcast of UL Raging Cajun Athletics by becoming a UL broadcast booster. Just contact Mary Gallion by calling 337-233-6000. And we're live here outside the Perez family home just waiting for the... And there they go. Almost on time this morning. Mom is coming out the front door strong with a double-arm kid carry. Looks like Dad has the bags. Daughter is bringing up the rear. Oh, but the diaper bag wasn't closed. Diapers and toys are everywhere. Ooh, but mom has just nailed the perfect car seat buckle for the toddler. And now the eldest daughter, who looks to be about 9 or 10, has secured herself in the booster seat. Dad zips the bag closed, and they're off. Ah, but looks like mom doesn't realize her coffee cup is still on the roof of the car. And there it goes. Oh, that's a shame. That mug was a fam favorite. Don't sweat the small stuff. Just nail the big stuff. Like making sure your kids are buckled correctly in the right seat for their age and size. Learn more at NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. We are the NFHS. That stands for the National Federation of State High School Associations. But really, what we stand for, together with the LHSAA, are the 110,000 high school sports students in Louisiana. And so we stand. We stand for the runners, soccer, and basketball players. We stand for their coaches, administrators, and officials. We stand for the swimmers, football players, and wrestlers. We stand for the golfers, softball, and volleyball players. We stand as the national leader and advocate for high school athletics and all who participate in them and make them possible because it is our purpose to ensure that high school students get to play, perform, and compete together. To learn more about who we are and what we stand for, visit nfhs.org. 
it wasn't for goats, we wouldn't have coffee. Look it up. I'm going to get some coffee. You want some coffee? No, thank you. I'm fine. And the best sports talk in Acadiana. 103.3 The Goat. <laughs> Dave Schultz, Lyndon Burton, 103.3, uh, the GOAT, uh, this uh, Kevin Brown story with the Orioles getting... So sad. It, he's, it getting, it's getting bigger. Went from oh, awful okay. announcing to the big lead, and all my Twitter followers are now have caught on it, mm. uh, and uh, we'll see. I mean, usually people like the Angeloses do not give in to peer pressure. In fact, they get a sterner spine, a stiffer spine when people come after them. All right. Now for Kevin Brown's sake, he hasn't done anything. Yeah. Which because, is the right thing to do. Because be quiet th- right this now. is just media reports. One guy who covers them on, you know, on, on, on Baltimore websites found out about it. Mm-hmm. Then other people, you know, followed up and maybe talked to Kevin or, you know, whoever the sources are. It doesn't say it's Kevin. But they, they confirm that he has been suspended for just kind of, you know, setting the setting uh, setting the scene. Whereas the, the Orioles just just have not won a lot of ball games against the Rays over the last few years. And you know, he kept on saying, "Look, the Rays are good. It's not like the Rays are bad." And he wasn't assessing blame to any of that. So it's a very sad situation. But that's that's where we are uh, in the world of sports. You know, yep. I mean, we'll see what happens this year when, when the Cajuns play because I've. Now, I'm going to call like I see it. I don't think I'm going to get personal with anybody. Mm-hmm. Right? But you're going to be honest. But you got to be honest. Yeah, and it's not fact. like the fans can't see it. Yeah. Right? Like last year, for example, when the Cajuns were playing a little rough, fans called in and let us know what they thought. And I right. just had to be honest. Right. Like, it, it is what it is. Right. Like, it's not like I'm being negative or, or, or talking bad about the Cajuns. It's like, no, we're just saying, you know, what it, it is what it is. Right. Right. And so, we'll see. All right. I, I've had one situation where i got called out about what i did but that was because people weren't listening to the show mm. they just reacted to what was on to what you media. said gotcha they weren't reacting to what i said they just reacted to social to, media oh to the post okay gotcha no that was the thing so i think i passed along what i said i was like i i said the post to create reaction mm-hmm. i spent two hours going against the post uh. so you got to hear what i'm saying you know before you come after me. Yeah, so. facts. All right. Big facts. Uh, 269-1077. 269-1077. Uh, we'll talk Crimson Tide, uh, where the LSU, the LSU quarterback situation is settled. The Auburn quarterback situation is not settled. The Alabama quarterback situation uh, is not settled. It's very interesting that neither of those teams have quarterbacks going into fall camp. And I think that's partly, although I guess I heard this today, that um, Alabama is still, when it comes to winning the national championship, the favorite, second <laughs> behind Georgia. That's some L- I mean, that's some Bama stuff for they you. They were man. picked to win the division. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, again, I think I have a hot take that they're going to lose two ball games. Um, if you follow uh, Vern Funquist, is that Chris Marler? 
he had the hot takes, and there were more than a couple people that had Alabama losing three ball games in one year. Mm. Hey, I, I don't know if I, I can do that. Be, I think you're going to be right, though, Dave. I think they're going to lose two. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm not sure which two. LSU's would, one of them. I'm marking Well, it, it would seem to be that LSU and, and, and that LSU and Texas? Texas would be the other one. Mm-hmm. But what about, I mean, A&M? It, I gotta see it to believe it with them, cause like yeah, I almost beat them last year. They did. Like it, was, it went down to the goal line. They did last and, year. And this should be his guys. This should be. Uh, should be. Uh, yeah, yeah. I right. can bring it on his name, but uh, Jimbo Jimbo guy. Fisher's Jimbo. guys, man. It should be. So we'll see. All right, let's take a timeout. Back after this, Dave Schultz, Leonard Burton. It's a Monday afternoon sports chat. We'll talk uh, Crimson Tide football with Tuscaloosa News' Nick Kelly. Preview of the Tide on 103.3 The Goat. You'll get the horns, then the butt. Because that's what goats do. 103.3 The Goat. Lafayette Roofing, from the roof to the roots of Acadiana. We know issues with your roof can be intimidating and maybe even expensive. But not if you call Lafayette Roofing. Big or small, we handle it all at a price you can afford. We also offer our standard five-year labor and materials warranty. Lafayette Roofing takes pride in being in the heart of Acadiana and the official roofing company of your rage and Cajuns. So if you need a roof, who else would you call? Call Lafayette Roofing. Our name says it all. 237-ROOF. That's 237-7663. Hi, I'm Connie Britton, and I want to share with you the experience of Donna in Washington. She writes, I got injured about five years ago. I was let go when, because of the injury, I couldn't keep up with my schedule. I've tried to find other work, but I'm 68 now. No one wants to hire someone that old. This week is tough, though, because I had to get my tooth fixed. So I only have $10 in my checking account. But it will be okay. I at least have food because of this pantry. Millions of people face hunger. Some every day, just like Donna. The Feeding America network of food banks helps provide over 6 billion meals to people in need each year. Learn more at feedingamerica.org. Feeding America, 200 food banks strong. Victor deployed for the first time to Afghanistan in 2003. At four in the morning, my phone rang. They said, I regret to inform you that your husband was wounded in action. Victor sustained a moderate traumatic brain injury. I was doing school full-time, and I was also then caring for Victor. One of the most important elements of caregiving is taking care of yourself. I just didn't want to forget that I also had goals and that I also had a life. What I did is I challenged Victor to meet me halfway. There are almost 6 million military and veteran caregivers across the nation. We have our own journey, and we can fulfill that journey at the same time that we are helping our loved one. Visit aarp.org slash caregiving for a free military veteran's guide to navigate your caregiving journey.